0: How many believe that the grace of God can deliver us from every one of the seven deadly sins? If you believe it, say amen. amen. And how many believe that if He can do it, you want Him to do it, and if you'll open your heart to Him, He will do it? So let's start about some of the characteristics of the seven deadly sins road rage. That's pitiful, isn't it? Brass. I remember hearing a preacher tell the story that he pulled up behind somebody at a red light and the bumper sticker said, honk if you love Jesus. So it was a Christian uh, brother there and he honked the horn and the guy yelled out the window, what the blank are you honking about? Can't you see that light's red? Must have been his wife's car. (laughs) Yeah, you see, we get caught in these things in our life all of the time. I want to tell you this right now. Last week we can all laugh, and you're not all there yet, but when you get my age, you know, everybody in the world goes on a diet, or if you don't, you should have. And here and so. We all think that's the universal, but I'm telling you with this group and when I was the age of the average norm in this group, by far, that one got way more than a sin of gluttony. It was pandemic. Every guy I know in my peer group struggles with the issue that anger can control us. Listen to how early in the game the good book puts us when it comes to dealing with this deadly, deadly sin in our life. You get to Genesis chapter 4. That's pretty early in the game, isn't it? Only, only three chapters. You get to Genesis chapter 4, and here are these words. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast. If you do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Well, no. If you do what is right, you will not be accepted. Will you not be accepted? I'm going to try that a third time. I'm just having a bad day. No, not really. I'm having a great day. But, we're going to try it a third time. If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Did you know that sin knows where your door is? This isn't uh, no Ron talking in the house of the Lord. This is talking about where you live. If you don't do what's right, sin is crouching at your door. Can I tell you that sin is the murderer of all murderers? Because if the wages of sin is death, and it can cost your soul, and it's important to hear the words of the Scripture. How do you keep, how do you keep the enemy off your doorstep? Sin is crouching at your door. It desires To have you. But you. Must. Rule over it. Did you hear that one? Sin desires to have you. But you. Must. Rule over it. I remember going to a youth camp one time. And uh, somebody was playing the guitar. And they were having a good time. And uh, all of a sudden they sang the. That song, we all know, Uh, well, we all used to know. Anyway, I was sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. But when they got to the part, I was sinking deep in sin, everybody said, yippee. Sorry. Youth or no, I couldn't put a yippee. Because I remember what the feeling was like when I knew sin was ruling me, and I had no power to do anything about it. You see, sin is the ultimate addiction in life. It's an addiction that rules over you, and the reason why it's an ultimate addiction, and we have to realize that, is you and I have no power in and of ourselves over sin. Cain didn't have enough power to stay away from the kind of anger that made him a murderer So I was in a prison ministry when I went to Asbury College, and I'll never forget, going to a maximum security. And there was a Methodist preacher in there for killing his wife. And I said to him, what in the world? He said, sometimes you just get mad. Man, I wish he'd have been a Baptist preacher. Sometimes you just get mad. That's true. Sometimes you just get mad. And the scripture says, when you get mad, you sin, and the wages of sin is death. Just say that much so that you take this home with you, you know, when you repeat it. The wages of sin is death. Say that. The wages of sin is death. See, is that an old-fashioned, oh, get off it, Ron. Man, you're from another world. The wages of sin is death. I'd rather be a Neanderthal man in a world of truth than living in a new age light where it dumbs down the things that could kill your soul. Did you hear what I said? It is so important that somebody takes the risk that this isn't just a sermon topic. It's life and it's death. Listen to what Job had to say about anger. Resentment kills a fool and anger kills a fool and envy slays The simple. The psalm writer said, Be still before the Lord. Wait patiently for Him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Refrain from anger and turn from wrath. Do not fret. It only leads to evil. For those who are evil will be destroyed, but those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. You see, the problem behind wrath is We get this sense of justice and we want to correct it, but God is the one who takes takes it all. We just don't think God's doing his job. Remember when Moses thought God wasn't doing his job among the the, uh, Hebrew people and there was somebody beating one of the Hebrew slaves, so old Moses took it into his own hands and he kills the person. And he goes into exile from there. The only person we're fooling When we don't get the help in this thing that's perilous to our soul, the only person we're fooling is us. And so, I had to whoop out my 99-pound Bible. If you carry this one around, you're going to get in shape is all I'm going to tell you. That's why it usually sits on my shelf in there. And I open it up on the topic of anger versus patience. Listen to this in the New Testament. These are all New Testament teachings. Matthew 5.22. This is the first sermon the Lord Jesus ever gives that we know about. It's the first recorded sermon in the gospel. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. What? You're going to tell me that this thing at the end of time, which is the difference between life and death, has in the category somebody who's angry with your brother, and who's your brother? Remember when they said to Jesus about the neighbors and, the, and, and, and that, and who are the people that are those people? And Jesus said, even those blank Samaritans. Jesus didn't say that. That's how the translation came across in their mind. You mean to tell me we got to love them? I tell you this. You get angry with them, you're headed for that waterfall in your kayak. You're headed for the judgment. Then who in the world can make it? And it doesn't get any better. Listen to this. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 12, 20, For I fear for you, lest there be quarrels and envyings Lest there be in the church wrath and strife. Wow. It's one thing to acknowledge there's wrath and strife in your church. It's another thing to acknowledge that the apostle Paul fears for any church like that. Because it's in the flesh. And in the flesh, it's impossible to please God. That's what Paul said in the book of Romans. Now listen to Galatians. Now the works of the flesh are self evident. And here they are hatred, quarrels, wrath, and strife. And in the center of it all, we find one thing that underneath wrath, in every instance, there's always an anger and a hatred for the people that we're supposed to be loving. Jesus said, I'm going to give you the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you, love one another as I have loved you. You see, Christian, you see, disciple, when we say that that to encounter To engage and empower disciples is the way we win the world. What it's really saying is if God can get control of those who profess that they love Him, then the world can have a witness. But when the world honks so they can see the love of Jesus, out of our mouth comes cursing instead of blessing. And over and over and over again, it's like that. Wow. I mean, I have to tell you just the truth, the plain truth and nothing but the truth about this thing. There's not a soul in this auditorium that needs this teaching more than I need this teaching. My life over the years has been a reproach of these kind of scriptures over and over and over again. So what do we do when our lives become reproach and anger is a deadly sin that holds on to us? I am so glad you asked that question. (laughs) I want to try to answer that question. The writer in the book of Hebrews says that there's a virtue that helps us combat our anger. There's a virtue that helps us combat our anger anger they couldn't get the police so one time they called me into a domestic dispute in camden where i was pastoring the fairview united methodist church as an as an act of goodwill wow i shouldn't have gone on that call i was a sucker that's what i thought i knocked on the door and uh, a woman answered the door And she said, what do you want? And I really wanted to say the truth. Well, I did want to come share the love of Jesus, but now I want to run. (laughs) She said, I'm going to kill my husband, and if you get in the way, I'll kill you too. And I thought, I believe, I think she can, you know. And her husband later said, I'm sure glad you didn't get in the way. That would have been trouble for me and you. That's where we live, isn't it? We live in a world that doesn't give a rip about whether it kills us or not. Not in our jobs, not in our communities, not in our world. But Jesus cares whether you live or die. Jesus cares deeply. And so the book of Hebrews says we should run the race of life with patience. Oh, there it is. How do you get beyond the things we know we can't do? Well, first, I want you to know what you're commanded to do. Run the race of life with patience. Will you say just that line with me? Run the race of life with patience. And the the scripture goes even one point further. It says, in patience, possess your soul. I don't do anything in patience sometimes. Now, wait a minute. I have to make sure you're understanding the words. I don't do anything in the state of patience. So I thought you would hear me say impatience. I got plenty of that. I just don't have plenty of this. I got plenty of this stuff in my soul that leads to death, hell, and the grave, and captivity, and addiction. But I don't have enough of this stuff in my soul that sets us free. But brothers and sisters. Do you know what this morning? The Bible says the one who is free in Christ. Is free indeed. How do we get beyond it? Do you know that John Wesley. The father of Methodism said this. We have to have one desire. Ruling all our tempers. With Our soul has to have one desire. Ruling all of our tempers. Without which. Our soul can never ascend to the, to the mouth of God. You see, God wants to do something about our tempers. He wants to get down there in the daily nitty-gritty where your enemy's crouching at the door, so God needs to be closer to your enemy. But here's the good news of the gospel today. Jesus says, I'm nearer than breath. Hey, listen. If Jesus Christ is nearer than breath, How long is it going to take him to show up when you get angry? He's available to you. He's right here for you. If patience is what overcomes the sin of anger and we don't have it, here's what we can do. We can ask God to give it to us. And James, Jesus' half-brother, says, he shares liberally and he never causes reproach see that's the gospel today when i'm nailed dead on the wall in my sins in my trespasses and when you if you can get honest enough on a Sunday morning in your soul to understand that you're nailed dead in your sins and trespasses then what in the world do we do here's what you say if we could do it We would have never needed a savior, but God sent his only son to save you and me. Now here's the good news of the gospel. Jesus shares. He shares with you. He gives himself to you. In the time where you have a real need in your soul, Jesus gives himself to you. And he's so near. It's so quick. Jesus gives himself to you. So here are three things you can take home with you today that can help patience prevail over wrath and defeat. You ready for them? Here are the three things. Since it's God alone who can do it and he shares, here's the first step. Get quiet before God. Don't get before God and start doing this. You don't need to tell him what he needs to know. Get quiet before God. In other words, listen to God. He made you. Fearfully and wonderfully. He saved you with his own blood by going to a... He'll called Mount Calvary on a death on an old rugged cross. He bled for you to be a sacrifice for your sins. And Jesus Christ wants to tell you how to get the victory. So get before God and listen. Point one. Point two, slow down. Scripture says it this way. Be still and know that I'm God. When I'm mad, I'm not still at anything. How about you? Maybe that's why we lose to our anger. But the fruit of the Spirit is self-control. And so ask the Holy Spirit to help you slow down. Not only are we to be slow to anger, we're to be slow to speak. It says it in the same phrase. So slow down, be still, and know that he's God. Point three, read the word, especially when the heat is on. Nobody sits down to have devotions. I'm not being vulgar. Matter of fact, I'm theologically correct when I say this phrase. When I'm damn mad. Because you see, wrath is going to damn you. It's going to kill you. But when you feel the heat coming, reach for the word of God. Because God can speak things to you in a time of need that will turn your defeat into victory. Let me repeat those three. Get quiet before God. And he'll give you patience to overcome your anger. Slow down, be still, and know that God is there for you. And then finally, read the Word. This is the way God speaks. Open up your Bible and let God speak to you. One reason why the the sin of anger is a death on the human race is because our Bibles remain dusty and away on a shelf. When if we'll get them down and open up the word, you can almost hear the angel starting to sing, thy word is a lamp unto my feet. It's It's a light to my path. And when I hide this in my heart, I might not sin against God. The Lord loves you with an everlasting love. He shares himself because you can't do it on your own. And when he does, your faith is the victory that overcomes. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.